Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. And so and ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching us this truth for eons, that we're all one, we're all connected. And when mankind, what you basically, what you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Your Soul's Plan with Robert Schwartz. Robert was my first guest back in March 2015. I actually got a chance to meet Robert in person in, two, in September of 2015. Thank you so much, Robert, for being my guest again on Awake to Oneness Radio. You're welcome. You know that I'm a fan and a supporter of your work, and I'm very happy to be back. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, for those who may not have heard our first show together, I just want to let them know how I found you. Um, my son, Kyle, was um, on life support and in the hospital um, in the summer of 2014. And I found your book. As books, actually, I discovered both Your Soul's Plan and Your Soul's Gift. And that last month of his life, I was in the hospital reading your books. And your books brought me so much peace and comfort because I knew that what I was going through with Kyle for the second time, because we had gone through something similar three years earlier, um, and he, he didn't transition, he stayed with us. But at this particular time in the summer of 2014, he did transition. Um, but your books gave me that comfort knowing that it was his soul's plan and my soul's plan. We had a soul plan together and that I knew that he wasn't gone, you know, so that was such a blessing. And then I had the honor of meeting you in Virginia Beach uh, the September of that year and got my book signed. I love getting books signed. <laughs> but, yes. So, Rob, I know you have been doing so much these last two, two and a half years since we last communicated on the show. Tell us, please, fill in the listeners as to all that's going on with you. Well, uh, of course, I'm still going around talking and giving workshops based upon my two books, Your Soul's Plan and Your Soul's Gift. Uh, the website is YourSoul'sPlan.com for anyone who is interested. You can download large portions of the books for free there. And the uh, workshop schedule is on the events page. And uh, Carolyn, your image has just frozen, so I don't know if you're now hearing me or if my image is frozen on your screen. I still hear you and your image is frozen, but we Not hear- Not hearing we... you either. You're not hearing oh, you me. Are. Okay. Okay. I never. Oh, it, it froze. Yes, it froze. You, your image froze, but I could hear every word you were saying. So can okay, you. So if it, if it freezes ahead. again, just keep talking. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Continue. Well, so uh, I give workshops based upon your soul's plan and your soul's gift. And I do a lot of private client work. 
I'm a hypnotist. I do past life regressions, contacted deceased loved one regressions. 99% of the people who are coming to me are interested in something called a between life soul regression. That's a form of hypnosis that was pioneered back in the 1990s by Michael Newton, also sometimes referred to as a life between lives regression. What we do in that just briefly is we do a short past life and then at the end of the past life, the client keeps going. They actually leave the body in the past life, return home to the other side. And once they're there, uh, we talk with a group of beings known as the Council of Elders. These are the very wise, loving, highly evolved beings who oversee reincarnation on Earth. They know everything about the client, including the life plan. So if someone gets in front of the Council, this is potentially a life-changing experience because they can answer any question the person puts to them. And in the workshops, we actually do group between live soul regressions. So everybody has an opportunity to talk with the council. Oh, wow. That's so amazing. So amazing. So now I want to hear more about that. But for those listeners that are not as familiar with your work as I am, let can you give us a brief like history of how you started doing this work and, and kind of bring everyone up to speed for those who are not familiar? Absolutely. Uh, many years ago, and to me it seems almost like another lifetime, I was in the corporate sector. I was self-employed as a marketing and communications consultant. Did not enjoy that kind of work at all. Really was having what you could call an existential crisis, trying to figure out who am I, why am I here, what should I do with my life. And in this search for the higher purpose of my life, I did something uh, in May of 2003, May 7th, actually, that I'd never done before. And that is I had a session with a psychic medium. She introduced me to the concept of spirit guides, which I had never even heard of. And then through her, I was able to talk with my guides. They told me that I had planned my life, including my biggest challenges, before I was born. And I was a little bit hesitant to accept this idea. But without me telling them, they knew what all of my challenges had been, and they were able to tell me why I had wanted before birth to have those difficult experiences. So as you can imagine, when you're talking to beings who know everything about you without you even saying anything, this gives them a lot of credibility. So as we went along in the session, I began to wonder, you know, could this be? Did I actually plan my life before I was born? And that's medium kicked off uh, a complete change in direction in my life. I left the corporate world. I started to work with some very gifted mediums and channels who could access people's life plans. And I ended up writing Your Soul's Plan based upon the sessions that we did with the mediums. Nice. So in the books, I interview people about particular life challenges, very common things like death of a loved one, illness, and so forth. And then we do sessions with the mediums in which we ask spirit, did this person plan this experience before birth, and if so, why? And then mm -hmm. in the books, I present all the information that comes through. So the, the intention is to help people see the deeper spiritual meaning and purpose of experiences that otherwise might not appear to have any deeper meaning or purpose. Right, very true. Like, like I say, and I share with people all the time, how your books, how your work has really, really hurt, touched me at a time when I most needed it. Um, I think what how I found you is I googled your soul's plan, not knowing that was a title of a book. But I, I knew I was I inner kind of knew within that 
our souls had a plan. And I was going through this experience with my son for the second time. So I was like, okay, let me just Google. And then you, you're, of course, when I Googled your soul's plan, you, you and your book popped right up. And I was like, okay. And then I had to get it right away. And it just was such a comfort. And like you said, when a person truly understands and knows in their heart that this experience is something we are creating and at a higher level and it's not anything to hurt us it's for our highest good and when you know that you can and when you like you said you when you had your first um, session you were told that all the challenges that you have in this life experience you planned them so it's not like someone else's trying to punish you or anything. This is your life's plan and you're just living out your life's plan. And when people truly understand that at the heart level, it brings a sense of peace, you know, at your darkest, you know, what could be someone's darkest moment. They'll, they'll see the, the ray of hope, the ray of sunshine because they know, okay, I planned this for my highest good. So yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So and I, I think, the, well, go ahead. No, no, you go, you go. I, I was just going to say, uh, I think the, the other thing it does when you come into an awareness of the fact that you are the powerful creator who planned the experiences in your life, it has the effect of immediately pulling you out of victim consciousness. And it's my understanding that victim consciousness is really uh, the single lowest vibratory state or frequency that a human being can be in. And it tends to be self-perpetuating because when you believe that you're a victim, you're energetically stating to the universe that you're a victim. Well, whatever energetic statement you make to the universe, the universe always has the same response, which is, yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. So it will bring you more experiences that seem to confirm that you are, in fact, a victim. But when you come into the knowing that you're the powerful soul who planned your life, there's a sudden and immediate increase in vibration, and that's how people pull themselves out of victim consciousness and break that self-perpetual. Yes, 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 yes. Um, you were freezing a little bit, but we still heard you. You're, you're doing great. Um, yes, that is so true. That is so true. The one with oneness, I know the truth that there is no victims and there are no villains. Actually, they're, they're almost, they're, they're like the same like if you have a coin, they're the flip side of the other coin. Um, so in, in the truth, when you know the truth that there are truly no victims, so if the, you cannot be a victim if there are no victims. You, when you know that you are creating this, so you're in control. And when you know that you're in control, you know you can change it. You know, that to me is so empowering, you know, to be empowered, okay, I'm not a victim of my life. I'm the creator of my life. And I can change, if I don't like how things are going, I can change it. And you're right. It's all about vibration. So if you're resonating at that low vibration, more things at that vibration are going to come your way. But when you start resonating at a higher vibration, you know, you'll see, you'll see changes in your life really quickly. So, yes. So tell us now about the in-between, because I'm also, um, someone just recently mentioned to me Michael Newton. I wasn't familiar with him, um, but I, I was I'm familiar with Dr. Brian Weiss, who has also, um, does also um, in-between lives. 
regression. So tell us more about that. Uh, between lives regression, as I mentioned earlier, it's a way to talk to the Council of Elders. So to go into a little more detail about the experience, uh, first, the session is quite long. It averages about three and a half hours in length. Uh, you do not have to do it in person. Actually, 99% of my clients do it by phone or Skype. It's just as effective that way as in person. And for some people, I think it's actually better because they're more relaxed doing it from their home. And relaxation is the key to going into trance. Okay. But we start with, uh, we start with a series of what you could call relaxation exercises. Some of them are mental relaxation. Some of them are physical. Those culminate with the client going into a past life. Usually the person will be shown four scenes in the past life in chronological order. It's almost always a past life that had a significant bearing on the plan for the current lifetime. The fourth scene will be the death scene. I guide the client to leave the body in the past life and go back home to the other side, which I know might sound a little bit ominous, but anybody who's listening to this interview is likely to be an old soul who's actually done it hundreds of times. Okay. It's very safe, very easy, very natural. When the person's consciousness gets back to the other side, a lot of different things can happen at that point, but about 80% of my clients will be greeted by one of their spirit guides. We'll ask the guide, why were we shown this past life? How did it affect the plan for the current lifetime? And then we ask the guide, please escort us to the Council of Elders. Again, the Council consists of beings who oversee reincarnation on Earth. So the clients will ask questions about, what did I plan for this lifetime? What did I hope to learn from this experience, that relationship, that illness, that set of circumstances? Any question at all is fair game. Another thing that can happen and often does happen in the meeting with the council, they can bring in deceased loved ones, uh, not just people, but pets as well. So sometimes there are very joyful reunions with uh, deceased friends, deceased family members, pets who were in the lifetime. And this can be profoundly healing when you see that person or pet again, you see that they're well and thriving on the other side. And you also have an opportunity to talk with them about any unresolved issues from the lifetime. So if there were hard feelings about anything, a lack of forgiveness on either side, this is the opportunity to have that discussion. And a lot of times profound healing results from that. Wow. I could just imagine because, um, I've only had one set. I mean, I've been doing this show now over two years. I've had mediums. I've had many channels. But I knew, you know, my son transitioned. Actually, it's three years ago, July 1st. So we just celebrated the third anniversary of his trans transition. And I know that he's fine. I know he's with me. I had one session with one of my guests. And it was through, um, not Skype, but Zoom, like we're using now. And it was on his birthday which was um, Thanksgiving Day last year. So um, it was Suzanne Giesman. I had a session with her. But with, you, you said pets. I lost uh, a little. I only had, I had only, I'm not a, I love dogs, but they're a lot of work. They're like children. And I'm always so busy. And if I don't have the time for a pet, I don't have one. But I had, I adopted a senior um, dog back in like, 2005 and um 
her name was Coco and I had her till 2007 and she passed away and I, I haven't really had a pet since but um you know, it's just, I felt so bad when she passed away. I felt like maybe I did something wrong. But when I had the reading, we caught, Kyle was holding Coco. And the amazing thing is in the tape, I know you probably heard of EVP, which is electronic voice phenomena. I had never heard of it before. But when I listened to the playback, not during the actual reading, she was recording and I was recording. And she was recording with a really powerful microphone. And when she sent me her recording, and I listened to it two days later, you could actually hear Coco's bark on the audio. And you can hear Kyle's, yes, and you can hear Kyle's voice. You can't make out what he's saying. He was literally trying to speak through her computer. And, and you couldn't, I couldn't hear any of that live, but you could hear it all in the recording. So she had sent that, he, another doctor, Dr. Gary Schwartz, who is working on the cell phone, she works with this um, doctor and she sent him the audio to examine. But it is like, I, it's, it's so, it's like evidence. They're still with us. And he even said he's my co-host for this show. He's very proud of what I'm doing with the show. And whenever I do a show, he's right there with me. He's my co-host. So, <laughs> yes. That is amazing. I'm going to have to schedule an appointment with you because I do, I, I, I really do want to go in between lives and, and figure out, okay, what, what was, like, I know my purpose as far as with the show, Awake to Oneness Radio, that came complete, that was completely inspired in the middle of the night. And I know my purpose is to do this show and to help awaken people to the truth of oneness because for me, the truth of oneness is very simple. And it is, it is a simple universal truth that will bring peace when people truly embrace the truth that there is no separation. We're all one. And what you do to another person, you're literally doing to yourself. And so I know that is my purpose. So that I do. I have the answer for that. But I guess other things I have questions for the council of elders and, and spirit guides. So. That would be awesome. So I know you travel a lot. You do a lot of traveling, doing workshops. Now tell us a little bit about those group group work workshop experiences. Well, usually the workshop uh, starts on a Friday evening and sometime on Sunday afternoon. The Friday evening will be a two-hour talk where I discuss the books and share some stories of free birth planning so people can see how it works in action. Usually on Saturday morning, we'll do a group contact a deceased loved one regression, which is relatively short. It takes about an hour to do that, and then we'll discuss it for an hour. The reason for doing that regression at that point in the workshop uh, is partly, of course, to contact the deceased loved one, but it's also because it's very good practice for the group between lives regression, which we do on Saturday afternoon. I used to do the group between lives regression as a standalone offering in the workshop, but then I discovered if people got a little practice with group regressions in the morning, it increased the success rate. Okay. So then we'll do the group between lives in the afternoon. Uh, it's not an interactive experience, of course, because there's a large group there, but it is highly personalized. The questions that I prompt people to ask the council are unique to them. Mm -hmm. And by the time we're done, uh, hopefully, just about everybody has some idea of what their life plan is. Sunday morning, we do something called the Choose Exercise, which tells people which qualities they're working on in this lifetime. 
and uh, then maybe some discussion on Sunday afternoon. So the whole purpose of the workshop is for people to leave with a much deeper understanding of who they are as eternal souls and what they're doing in the current incarnation. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That is so wonderful. Now, let me, I do want to ask this. Like I said, I, I don't have much experience with mediums other than the show I have. Actually, Suzanne might be my only medium that I've had, but I've had many, many channels on the show. But um, my question is hypnosis. I, I think I went, it was a friend, a friend um, that I knew said she could do hypnosis. So I went to her and I mean, I didn't really get hypnotized. So can everyone be hypnotized? That's my question. I believe that everyone can be. I think it's known, though, that some people have more difficulty than others. Uh, people who are more analytic by nature or have highly analytic training, such as an engineer or accountant, uh, that puts people very much in the left hemisphere of the brain. And so those people might need a little bit more practice. But I think everyone can do it. You know, the other thing I want to say is I think sometimes, uh, very often, actually, people are in a trance state but they don't identify it as a trance state because they have an expectation that trance is going to feel profoundly different than their average waking state. Now, sometimes it does. There mm -hmm. are people who have multi-sensory experiences in trance, but very often the trance state is only subtly different than a person's own imagination. And you would expect that because, you know, when you imagine something, the thing you imagine is non-physical. Well, by the same token, when you're going into trance, you're contacting a non-physical dimension and the impressions you receive from that dimension are themselves non-physical. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's, it feels like one's imagination, but then information will come through that the person couldn't otherwise have known. They'll find okay. out later that it was accurate. And then they realize, Oh, I actually was in trance, even though I didn't know it at the time. Okay. Okay, that could be it. Yeah. All right, because I always, I wonder, because I'm, I'm not left brain. I'm totally right brain. <laughs> so I should, I should go in, in into a hypnosis pretty easily. So um, I, I definitely want to try that because I, I do, like I said, I know what gives me a, a great sense of peace is for the first time in my life, I know I'm living my soul's purpose. You know, by doing the show and the other things that I do, uh, matter of fact, this year, so my, my higher self encouraged me to do more. And I'm going to, um, we formed, co-formed an alliance called Universal Oneness Alliance, and we're hosting a live event in Victoria, Canada in September. So, um, and that's all, like I said, I just... I just go with spirit's guidance and I have no idea how things are going to turn out. It's just, okay. I feel the inspiration and I go with it. That's how I live my life, you know? And so, uh, but like I said, living my, my purpose, which I'm doing now is an amazing feeling, but I still do have questions. So I would love to, to do like a, a past life and, and our, in between, but I think in, I'm really interested in in between lives. Yes, very much so. so that's yeah. that's the one that's by far the most powerful experience. Yes, absolutely. Yes, to be able to ask the counsel and guides. Okay, why did I try? Yeah, why did I? I know that I created this life, 
and plan this life for what, you know, but knowing, I think the big question is knowing who you are, which is an e eternal soul, not can never be separated from God. You are a part of God, knowing that and knowing what your life purpose is, which is following your inspiration. That, you know, I think those two simple things would help anyone. So that's kind of what I try to in, in, encourage with this show. I always say I'm not a teacher, I'm not a guru, I'm not any of that. All I want to do is try to inspire you to go within and follow your passion. Yes. So tell us, uh, are you are you working on a third book? Because I thought I heard something like that. I am. You I'm are. working on a third book. Okay. Uh, I don't know exactly what it's going to be about or where it's going to go, but I'm in the process of interviewing people and collecting stories and doing some sessions with the mediums. Uh, it will be the same format, I think, as Your Soul's Plan and Your Soul's Gift, chapters devoted to the pre-birth planning of specific life experiences. Okay. But, you know, the process of writing a book, process of writing a book is very much that uh, the book tells me what it's going to be, and I'm just the vehicle that it comes through. So yeah. I, I learned when I wrote my first book, Your Soul's Plan, I can start off with the very specific idea of what I'm going to write, but by the time I'm done, it's going to be completely different anyway. So there's yes. no point in even approaching Plan. it like that. Yes. I'll just yes. let it tell me what it wants to be. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, actually, I was, okay, I've gotten emails from listeners asking me to write a book, and this started back maybe a year ago, and my cousin <laughs> kept saying, and in the reading with Kyle, Kyle said, Mom, you have a book in you, and I kept saying to everyone who would say to me, I have to wait for it, for me to be inspired, and I actually was inspired this past Mother's Day with the title. The title of the book is, I am a, I, no, take out the I am. Thankful I am awake. That's the title of the book. And mm. sub subtitle in the dream of my own creation. So I have started mm. to write it. I actually started writing on Mother Mother's Day. So so and like you said, I'm not planning. It's just when I feel the need, when I feel the urge to write, I sit down and write and it's just flowing. So Yes, just like my life. Yeah, my I think life. that's that's the way. To do it. Yes. Mm hmm. Yes. Now, tell us, share with our listeners some of the um, really wonderful stories that you have that either are coming going to be in the new book or in one of the past books. Share share a great. Well, give us a story. Okay. To to me, one of the most powerful stories is uh, in the accidents chapter in your soul's plan. Uh, there are two stories in that chapter. I'm thinking of one about a woman named uh, Christina. And at the time I interviewed her for your soul's plan, she was in her 60s, but she shared with me a story that took place years earlier when she had been in her 20s. She at that time had been employed as an administrative assistant at a college in California. And one of her daily duties in that job was to pick up her boss's mail. The mailboxes were in the basement of the building. So one day, just as she had done many, many times before, she descended those stairs to the basement mailboxes, inserted her hand into the mailbox. But on this day, unbeknownst to Christina, someone had planted a pipe bomb in her boss's mailbox. When she inserted her hand, the pipe bomb detonated. 
And the force from this explosion was so great, it actually picked Christina up off the ground, threw her 10 feet backwards against a concrete wall. There were six foot splinters of wood that were shot like arrows out of a bow into the wall around her. Flames from the explosion scorched her body from head to toe. Two fingers were severed, both eardrums were ruptured. And when she got to the hospital, doctors actually had to hold magnets over her eyes to extract the shrapnel from the pipe. So we're mm -hmm. talking here about a level of suffering that's almost unimaginable to anyone listening to this interview. Now, her recovery took years and 10 reconstructive surgeries. At one point during that two-year period, she was lying in her hospital bed in a lot of pain when she heard a voice inside her head, a voice that was not her own. It was one of her guides talking to her. And the guide said to her, you planned this. Well, of course she said, why? <laughs> and then the guide told her, and here's what the guide said. He said, you wanted to have a lifetime as a gifted healer. And you knew pre-birth that if you could heal yourself from this bomb explosion, you would then take all of that wisdom and knowledge about healing and turn it outward in service to others. Well, in fact, that's exactly what she did. After she recovered, she got a PhD in speech language pathology, set up a private clinical practice, and has now healed literally thousands of people. <clears throat> oh, wow. When I interviewed Christina for the book, she said two quite extraordinary things to me. One was she said, Rob, I have completely forgiven the person who planted that bomb. Now, remember, this is somebody who had magnets held over her eyeballs at the hospital. And yet here she is saying in complete sincerity that she has forgiven the person who inflicted that kind of suffering on her. That in and of itself is remarkable. Yes. But then she said something even more amazing. She said, Rob, I am deeply grateful to the person who planted that bomb. And when she says she's grateful, she really means it. Now, how did she go from a place of anger, she was really angry for a long time, to that place of forgiveness and then that place of gratitude? She did it by working with her understanding of her pre-birth plan, communicated to her by her guide in the hospital that day. It didn't happen overnight. She didn't forgive immediately. But she worked with this awareness over a period of years, and eventually it took her to a place of forgiveness and then to a place of gratitude. Now, <clears throat> her story is unusual in that it's a bomb explosion, but I would submit to the people listening to the interview, she herself is not usual. If she can do this after what she went through, then you and I can do it in regard to whatever challenges we faced in our own lives. This to me is one of the most powerful stories I've seen that shows what you can do with an awareness of your pre-birth plan. It took her out of victim consciousness and took her out of a place of anger, really a place of rage, and over a period of years, turned into forgiveness and then ultimately gratitude. That's what an awareness of pre-birth planning can do for a person. So true, so true. You just, it's just so heartwarming because I mentioned, uh, it's a children's book called um, The Little Soul in the Sun by Neil Donald Walsh. And basically the story that you told is basically what that children's book is about that I read to my, my seven-year-old grandson all the time, that when we're spirit, we will, it, it's a little soul that before he comes down to earth, he's asking 
souls to be mean or do something really horrible to him to help him remember who he is. Um, and nobody really, none of the other souls wanted to do it. But this one, you know, brave soul, really beautiful soul said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll volunteer. I'll be really mean to you, you know. Um, so it's true. What she, what she understood, it sounds so crazy, but we are, we are sovereign and nothing can happen to us without our agreement. And it, the person that kills us, we ask them to. It, and it, and it, like you said, it, it sounds so crazy from the human consciousness level. But those people that we think are the worst people in the world are our biggest teachers, and we should thank them. I actually wrote out a list about a year ago of all the person, people I thought hurt me in my life, which actually what they were, they didn't hurt me. They were doing what I asked them to do. And I actually, some of them I literally sent a thank you card, and I didn't go into like, I just said thank you for being you, you know, because I realized that what they did was what I asked them to do. That again, brings us back to the oneness. We're not separate. And whatever happens to us, happens by our agreement and by our plan. And when you, when you like you say, there's, it's unconditional forgiveness comes from that knowing. Unfor uh, unconditional love, Unco you know, it's just unconditional non-judgment. All of these things, come from knowing that you planned this, not that they didn't do anything to you. You planned this. And you, now they're just following in your plan. They're doing what you asked them to do on a spiritual level. And yes, we, they are, they are like our biggest challenges are our greatest blessings. They really are. And I know from People listening to this must think, okay, she's crazy. You know, uh, from a human perspective, it doesn't make sense. But it, it, when you look at it from the bigger picture, like what Christina went through, and for her to, to get that awareness through her guides that you planned this, and this was your greatest blessing because now you're doing your life's purpose. And, it, and for my case, it's losing my son, which was a soul plan, but that prompted me to do my life purpose. So all of these, and he's not gone. You know, he's still, it, there is nothing but eternal life. And when you know that in your heart and soul, that the people that you love that are in spirit, they're actually closer to you now because whenever you think about them, they're with you. You know, when they're, when they're in the physical, when he, he was a grown man, I mean, sometimes when my son wasn't living with me for about 10 years, I, I got a call on Mother's Day, my birthday, you know, I saw him maybe two or three times a year, you know, but now he's with me all the time. So it, it's, it's, it's knowing, it's the knowing. And when you know that from your heart center, and it has to be something that resonates as true, because I tell people, this is my truth. You have to go with it and find your own truth. But that's a beautiful show. Story. Share another. You said there was two. There was another one. Well, actually, what you just said makes me think of another story of pre-birth planning that isn't in my books, but I want to mention it because it's so well known and it's such a powerful story. Uh, 
when you think about what happened with Jesus and Judas, it's my understanding that Judas agreed at Jesus's request before either came into body to betray him. Now, why would Jesus make that request? Well, everything that happened from that point on was scripted into his life plan to bring greater light into the earth plane, to model unconditional love and forgiveness, I think to take on some karma for the human race and so forth. When you think about creating a pre-birth plan like that, who is Jesus going to ask to play that role? A soul that he doesn't, hasn't incarnated with before, hasn't worked with before, so to speak, or one that he knows well, has had other incarnations with and really trusts. It's the latter. Right. So Judas was a soul that Jesus knew and loved and trusted to play what is really a sacred role. Yes. I know it's very hard to understand this from the human perspective, but from the soul perspective, when you want to learn unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness, unconditional compassion, there has to be a set of circumstances in which that is truly meaningful. And that's why we script these kinds of challenges. Yes, so true, so true. And, and you actually, a soul actually learns more and evolves more in a challenging life. You know, with, with no challenges, it, it's not that, you know, it's not that soul, I think all souls are evolving. So there's really like non-judgment of all souls. But when you have a challenging life, that soul is truly evolving. Um, I, I guess you could say at a quicker rate, um, something of that nature, because all those challenges are truly blessings. Yes. That is. So and, you know, the, the, the people who are listening may wonder, you know, why do we put ourselves through all of this? And I think it's important for people to understand our perspective when we're not embodying from the, the soul level is very different than it is when we're in body. One of the main differences is that when you're back at home on the other side, you are very much aware that a physical lifetime is quite brief. Now, when we're here in body, especially if we're suffering, it may seem interminable. But from the other side, it's here and gone like a clap of thunder. Mm -hmm. Also, from the other side, you're very much aware of the fact that nobody is permanently harmed by anything that happens here. Now, that may or may not be apparent when you're here in body, but you know that with certainty from the other side. And I think the other key difference in perspective is that from the other side, you know that all of the wisdom and growth and learning that come out of a lifetime become part of the soul literally for all eternity. So from that perspective, a lifetime is very brief. No one is permanently harmed. And yet wisdom becomes part of the soul for all eternity. From that perspective, it actually does make a lot of sense that we would plan great challenges for ourselves. Yes, so true, so true. And like you said, in truth, um, we are, when you know who you are, which we are a divine spark of God, that's what we are at, at our essence, which is love at our essence and that can never be hurt can never we can never be hurt we can never be harmed and knowing those things that we can never be hurt we can never be harmed and what happens to us we actually plan from a higher perspective from this pers the soul perspective that knows all of the lifetimes that we've lived and why we're we're choosing we're choosing them for a higher purpose and we are on the human level just don't know can't remember what that higher purpose is but when you know it in your heart you're at you make peace you're at peace with it 
you're at peace. Okay, okay, I'm not sure. I don't know from a human perspective why this happened, but I know I, it happened for my highest good. And that is just a way to, the peace that surpasses, under, the peace that surpasses all understanding that Jesus spoke about. Yes, yes. So tell us, tell us about some of the upcoming workshops that you're, you're planning in the near future. Well, there will be a workshop at uh, Hollyhock uh, near Vancouver in September. Okay. There will be one at Kripalu in Massachusetts in October. Uh, in November, I'll be in Spain. There will be workshops in Barcelona and Madrid. In January of 2018, there will be one in Santa Cruz, California, and another one in Australia. In February of 2018, three workshops in New Zealand, and probably in April of 2018, workshops in Peru and Chile. Wow. So a lot of travel. A lot of travel. Wow. I love that. I love that. It sounds like you said in September, Vancouver. I'll be, because like I yes. said, um, the alliance that I've co-founded called the Universal Oneness Alliance, we're hosting our first event in Victoria. So that's not far, in September. So we'll, we'll be near each other. <laughs> and I forgot, you're on the East Coast or West Coast of the state? Midwest. We're, Midwest. I'm in Ohio. Oh, Ohio. Yeah. Okay, but I'm in Pennsylvania. So you're Midwest, but it's just one state over. Yes, yes, right. yes, yes, yes. So um, I love hearing the stories. Can you share another another story from from your books? I'll, I'll share with you a story. The first story in Your Soul's Plan is the story of a man who plans before he's born to have the AIDS virus. And working with one of the mediums, we actually go into his pre-birth planning session and we hear the conversation he has with the soul he is asking to give him AIDS. He explains in the pre-birth planning session uh, that he's doing this for a number of reasons. One of them is to help people learn compassion. One of them is to help people learn non-judgment. So, you know, the reason I put that story in the book and actually made it the first story in Your Soul's Plan is that I think we as a society have a lot of judgments about people in certain categories. People who have AIDS, people who have drug addiction, alcoholism, homelessness, experiences of these kind, we say that person is a loser, they need to get their act together, they need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. The judgments around people who have AIDS are particularly harsh. People say it's God's punishment for being gay. But when you understand that the souls who are planning these experiences are actually very, very courageous souls who are taking on challenges that most of us wouldn't dare to take on, and they're doing it in service to us, that really changes the perspective. And that's why it was so important for me to put that story in the book. You know, if, if you're walking down the street one day and you pass somebody who's a homeless person who's sitting in a cardboard box on the corner, if you have a thought like get a job, that kind of thought really misses the mark because it's very possible that that soul is a highly evolved soul, perhaps much more highly evolved than you, and has agreed at your request to be there at that moment in time so that you would have the opportunity to put judgment aside and feel compassion in your heart. That soul may be there in service to you as your teacher. But because we as a society don't widely understand that this is how it works, we have all these tremendously harsh judgments. 
And this is one of the things I wanted to uh, shine a light on by writing Your Soul's Planning, Your Soul's Gift. Oh, so, 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 so beautifully said. Um, so true. Uh, and that's why I love that little children's book because it, 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 uh, your soul, um, the soul and the sun, because, um, it lets us know that what we think in, in uh, human terms is the opposite. We do ask these, these people to do certain, from a soul level, we, we want to, grow and evolve and we ask them to do this so whatever happens to us we ask that person so they're not they're not the victim i mean the villain there are no victims there are no villains and and to even when you think of a, a um uh, issue of like rape you people would think how could someone ask and it's not from a human perspective but there, everything is vibration. And the person that is raped and the raper are on that vibration. And literally, from the soul's perspective, that person asked. Like that person asked for that person to give them AIDS. That person asked for their um, soul evolution, for a learning lesson. And that's why un unconditional forgiveness, unconditional non-judgment, that is so so key in awakening to who you truly are and you're not separate because yeah. they're all you're all one yeah there's no separation so Can god I share another story with you yes please please yes uh, just, just quickly this this is a story i enjoy sharing it's not in my books but it's about uh, edgar casey who i'm sure some of your viewers will know uh, is widely considered to be perhaps the greatest American psychic medium who ever lived. And as I understand it, late in Casey's career, after he had read for thousands and thousands of people, he was visited by two wealthy women, sisters from New York City. And the sisters said to him, Mr. Casey, we are at the end of our rope in regard to our brother. He lives under a bridge in New York. He drinks too much. We come from a wealthy family, but he long ago squandered his share of the family fortune. Over the years, we've tried everything we can think of to help him, and nothing has worked. Mr. Casey, can you tell us anything that will help us help our brother? Well, upon hearing this, Casey did what he always did, which is he went into trance, accessed the Akashic Record, and then he said to the two sisters, Your brother is the single most highly evolved soul about whom I have ever obtained information, and the three of you planned before any of you were born for him to do exactly what he's doing so that the two of you could learn to be more compassionate. Well, this was not exactly what the sisters were hoping to hear, but this is, this is how it works. And again, because we as a society don't widely understand this, uh, we have misunderstandings about people who say live under a bridge, for example. But that's one of the things that I'm, I'm hoping to shine a light on with my work. Yes, yes. That's so beautiful. I love that. I love that. Because that, it's, it to me, and I know I keep saying it because I can only speak from my perspective. When I understood the truth of oneness, that's why I named the show Awake to Oneness. The truth of oneness meaning that we're not separate. So that person living under the bridge is not separate. That homeless person in the subway station is not separate from you. So whatever judgment you put on another person, 
you're really putting it on yourself. But they are, like you said, they're all angels in disguise to teach us a lesson. That is so great. That is. And when the world awakens, which it will, it, it, I really believe that humanity is awakening. And I was about to say slowly, but I think it's happening quicker. That the awakening of humanity is at hand. And we're all here, every one of us, all seven and a half billion people on the planet. We're all here for a divine purpose. We're all light workers. We're all here for a divine reason. So this is this has been wonderful. I hope I, I hope I can now what dates are you gonna be in Vancouver? Because I would love to get a chance to see you again in person. You said uh, September. I'm, I'm actually going that's when the Hollyhock workshop is, but I will actually be somewhere in British Columbia from the end of July until late September. Okay. And I'll be there yeah. the first weekend in September. So I'm gonna look you up while I'm over there. Yeah, this is this is okay. my first time um, on the West Coast. I've been to Montreal, but I've never been on the West Coast of Canada. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. This is so, so, so wonderful. So before before we part, let's can you please share your website again with our listeners? Your website. Sure, it's your yoursoulsplan.com. And if you go to the events page, you can see the workshop schedule. If you go to the books page, you can download a large part of the book for free. Uh, and you can also order the book for books from Amazon or your local bookstore or ask your library to order them. Mm -hmm. Now, also, I think what I want to ask, too, is you've been doing this work now since, uh, I forget, uh, what, oh, 10 years? The past 2003. 10? 2003 yeah, okay like 14 years now 14 years now can you share with our listeners how this work has drastically or traumatically changed your life because obviously it has but just from your your own words I think what it's done is that when something challenging happens in my life uh, instead of feeling victimized or instead of believing that this is a random or arbitrary event uh, and certainly, instead of thinking that the universe is punishing me in some way, I understand that I created the potential for whatever it is in my pre-birth plan. And then I ask myself, all right, why would I have created that potential? What is it that I have called to myself this challenge uh, in order to learn? Another thing that, it, that it's done for me related to that is that when I'm trying to decide how to respond to a particular life challenge, I'll ask myself the following question. When I get to the life review, and we all have one, which course of action am I going to be most pleased with? And from that perspective, it, it really helps to make decisions to act in more loving ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's very, very true. Um, like I said, I always say on this show, I like to keep things really simple because I actually awoken to the truth of oneness from, quant from watching a quantum physics film and quantum physics can seem complicated you know i'm not a scientist or any of that but i understood that we're all connected we're there it's there all there is is god and when i understood that from the simplest um the simplest level that there's nothing outside of god then it it helped me now it it um 
I'm sorry, because I it, it it was relating to what you just said, and I just lost the thought. <laughs> I don't know, and I hate to say that it's a senior moment, <laughs> but it, it's relating to the fact that what you share what you just said again, because it'll bring it back. That what you just well, said. I, I was talking about the the life review, and right. when I'm trying to decide how to respond to a life challenge, I'll ask myself which course of action would I be most pleased to see again replayed for me in the life review. Right, okay, it, it came back. <laughs> okay, the simple message is in every now moment to be as loving as you possibly can. When you know the truth of who you are, you know that that person or that situation is not separate and that you're creating it. So in every now moment, I ask myself, how can I be loving in this now moment? So that that is how it, I, I knew it. it. It went in and out, but it came back. <laughs> but so, so true, yes. Well, thank you, Robert, so much. I appreciate this. Um, because I know how busy you are. You, you've got a very busy schedule, traveling a lot. And I'm so thankful I got to meet you at the Edgar Casey Center in Virginia Beach. That was September of 2014. So I, I'm hoping I'll get a chance to look you. I'm going to look you up when I get to Victoria. Because I want to, uh, I, I first want to just take in all of the sites. And Vancouver is not far. Just hop on a, a ferry. And I'm in Vancouver, so this has been great. Thank you, thank you so much. And we will keep in touch. Thank you, thank you so much. Well, I am going to- It's been to, a pleasure, always yeah. good to talk. Yes, my pleasure, my pleasure. Okay, thanks a lot. Love you. You're welcome. Okay. All right. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.